Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Casey, where today we're going to go over uh, the 2022 myths versus reality. You know, I, I've seen some things this week that really kind of have we're going to go over turn my stomach, and um, and I'm going to go over those with you today. Um, so, you know. We're not going to just go over the myths and realities. I'm, I'm a little upset because I'm, let me tell you why. Um, so first of all, happy birthday to all the Marines. This is um, the Marine Corps birthday. I don't know what number it is. It's a lot. Um, but I will tell you that it is the Marine training that has made my sellers a ton of money. I mean, a ton of money has protected them. And I'll tell you why. I was just watching some videos and you know, what they teach Marines is if you're going to do something, then you do it better than anybody in the world, not anybody in your neighborhood or in your town, anybody in the world. So you are, they teach an esprit de corps, they teach a professionalism that hopefully most Marines take with them in their civilian life when they're done. And we certainly have. So if you're going to price houses and you're going to be a real estate agent, then you do it better than anybody. You are convinced that no matter who's out there, no matter what systems there are you are a better pricing engine than any of them are and you're better at fixing up houses and selling them and negotiating so a professional just takes every segment of what they do and does it to the highest standard so and then of course we teach that standard to to the agents and it benefits the sellers um we do eight times the business as the top producing agents in vienna um and successfully have gone from where everybody used to charge 6% commissions to doing it all for 4.5%. And I don't mean, you know, doing with reduced services. I mean, perfecting it so that at 4.5%, you know, your services are so much higher standards than everybody else that you naturally do eight times the business. Um, the average days on market in Vienna is about 100. Our average days on market is seven. So again, I'm going to take this opportunity, it's the Marine Corps birthday, to, to, to give credit where credit is due. This is a Marine Corps mentality, esprit de corps, perfectionism, professionalism that makes this happen. So um, I think that all my sellers ought to thank the Marines for the money that they've made this in the past um, many years. So let's talk about uh, the myths versus reality. I'm going to take you online and we're going to go take a look at these one-on-one -on -one because I'll tell you, I, I hear these a lot. And, um, and I'm a little, uh, you know, when I, when I hear these things, it's, it rattles to the core because if they don't, if you go with the myth instead of the reality, there is a huge, huge um, uh, amount of money at stake. I mean, tens of thousands, millions of dollars. I mean, I have one uh, builder that we're going to be working with um that lists with an agent that lists 170 million dollars a year um he sells 30 35 million a year which means 140 goes unsold and if you're carrying a debt on a brand new home it costs you about three four hundred dollars a day and those things sit on there for years so you know this is just this is wasted money so let's really focus on what the myths are and then i'm going to talk to you about what are the pricing elements of a new home? And what are the pricing elements of a resale? Um, again, I was in a home that was listed at 1.5 million 
that was worth 1.15 million. So it's 350,000 over less price. And that, that cost the sellers a lot of time, energy and, and aggravation. And we're gonna go ahead and fix that right now. So let's look at the myths. I, I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm gonna call uh, Keller Williams or IMG PG or whatever the heck the name is, Sotheby's. And, um, but uh, the myth is the companies sell homes and that's not the reality. It is the agent, forget about the company, interview agents, find out what their track record is. Unlike a lawyer or unlike a doctor, they track everything we do, right? So when we put a listing in, you can see how long it's been on the market, what it's sold for as a percentage of its assessment, as a percentage of list price, whether it's sold or expired or, you know, all of these elements you need to analyze a realtor are right there. We keep track records. I, I only wish when I went in for an operation, I could get a track record on doctors. Although I use Brandon Bryan, he's the best. So the next myth is um, that you got to spend five or 6% on commissions. That's just not true. So um, at Samson Properties is with a lot of companies now, they're going to 100% commission for really top producers, which means I don't pay my company any money. So when you pay your commission to sell your house, a portion of that goes to the company. Well, that company's not going to help, help you sell your house. Samson Properties is the number one real estate company Number one, in Northern Virginia, not going to help, help anyone sell their house. I'll tell them right out. They're not going to help anyone sell their house. I'm going to do it. Their job is to train agents. Agents' job is to, is to sell houses. So it's the agent that's, that does it. And if I don't have the burden of paying them, then the sellers don't have the burden of paying me. So let's look at a common misconception or myth. A lot of realtors, and I know you're listening on here. We have a lot of realtors listening. They say, well, you got to work twice as hard for half the amount of money. Not true. Not true. So what we do is you can either have volume, big market share, or small market share, a little bit more money per deal. So we would reduce our commission by 20% and then have six, 700 times, you know, 100% of the business that we would normally get. So, you know, whereas... An agent might do three or four or five deals. We would do 100 deals, but we'd make a ton, 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 ton more money. So, so it's an efficient way of doing it. Nobody has uh, to pay more than 4.5%. And what we're doing as a team is I'm taking great agents, putting them in a market, and we're promoting that nobody in Willisford, nobody in Dominion Valley, nobody in Ashford is going to have to pay more than 4.5%. And there's going to be a top producer in every market that knows the market, knows the system, They'll use our system to back them and our marketing and our pricing. So it's going to be very nice. We're putting it together now. I've got a big announcement next week, but, um, but that's, that's the way we're, we're handling it. And I don't think anybody has to pay more than four and a half percent. Another myth is you can't price it too high. That is absolutely hundred percent unequivocally wrong. So what we're trying to do is the highest price is going to come in the first 10 days. We're trying to get the most buyers in the house, let them decide on what the price is. They can bid it up 10, 15, 150, 150, 200. In the crazy market we were in, it wasn't unusual that we would get 150 on every deal and some of them would pop 300,000. Those days are gone, right? But they're still bidding on houses, putting little prices up. But if you price too high, it goes in what I call the death spiral. So you price here and the value is here. And then the value drops as time goes on. So then you price it to here, but it's not going to catch it. You don't catch it. You go down to here, it still doesn't catch it. 
go down here, it still doesn't catch it. Yeah, the price is actually falling or the value is falling faster than you can reprice that house. The seller gets angry. The agent gets frustrated. The agent stops calling. So that is an absolute 100% falsehood. Our job is to get it priced correctly, get them in the front door, right? And then let them bid on that house and get that thing going. That's when crazy things happen, like no home inspections, no appraisals, um, um, you know, bidding prices up. That's when it happens the first 10 days. Coming soon is not needed. 100% wrong. So any agent that says that, show them the door. Because coming soon is critical because that's when you do all of your marketing. That's when you see who's coming in, who's looking at the house, how many people are coming to see the house, how many people, how many showings you have scheduled, how many people favor the house. And this is when you send it out to 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 targeted buyers using geofencing, Google, all that stuff. So it's critical. I will tell you that half of the houses that, now, so we're, our house is selling the first weekend, our average days on market is six. And, and we do, like I said, I don't know, maybe 100 million in listings this year, maybe 120. So, so that coming soon and that predictive analysis lets us know if we're too high and there's no market there, we can get down to where the market is. Then they come in, then they bid it up. Then we get contracts, then we get all the best stuff. And maybe sometimes they bid it back up that $50,000. I mean, we've had some go from 1.3, no, nobody looking down to 1.3 and then get 1.49. So again, that was then things are a little more moderate right now. But there's no doubt about it that, that coming soon is critical to our operations. And, and when I go to these top producing agents say, we're going to take over your market like we took over our market, the only thing we're going to do is instill exactly what we did to make this happen, right? All the rules, all the policies, all the systems. So one of them is that coming soon. So another myth is Facebook posts mean social media. No, it doesn't. Facebook posts is not a social media it's just throwing it out there for, for a few people to see. Geofencing, which means targeting buyer groups in certain areas of the, of the country, either geographically, by age, by, by uh, sex, by uh, job, whatever it is, that's targeting buyers. And then Google Ads will take your ad, will take your house, and place it in their Wall Street Journal feed, USA Today, Washington Post, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. That's a professional social media campaign. Throwing something up on, on a Facebook ad is not social media, all right? Another massive myth and one that costs a lot of people a lot of money because it directs them to either overprice um, or at least sets their expectations too high. And that's Zillow estimates, Zestimates, or any of the estimates you get. Um, Carrie Schultz says, oh, let us know. We can give you your, your house value in 20 seconds. Bullshit. You cannot price a house in 20 seconds. And I'm going to go over the five steps that I do to go over builder, new homes, and resales. And whether you're a buyer or a seller, you need to know how to value property. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later. So, um, you know, the myth is Zillow estimates. Computers cannot tell you the price of your home. That's the reality. Do open houses work? Absolutely. We do open houses on everything. My agents are top level professionals. 
and they do open houses. They would not do open houses unless there was some benefit. You couldn't get Billy Sampson to go out and stand on a Sunday afternoon with the Redskins on into a house unless there was a benefit to the sellers by us doing that. So there is. We need to know who the buyer pool is. We need to hear their comments. We need to talk to them and pull out the information. How many people are coming in? What are their comments? What are their objections? What do they think is right? What do they think is wrong? How do they feel about the price? And then we're standing there with a pricing model that says this is exactly what it's worth. Homes in Vienna are not selling at 130% or 132% of assessment anymore, but that's where most of them are listed. Homes are selling at 120% of assessment. That's where this home is listed. It's pretty clear that we're priced correctly. And, and a buyer then will look at that and go feel more comfortable about offering the house, offering on that house. Sellers don't want to make, honestly, I don't think sellers want to make more than the house is worth. And buyers don't want to pay more than the house is worth. That's a successful transaction. Although I will tell you this, we do get buyers to pay a lot more than the house is worth. Sometimes. All right. Failure to, help, uh, failure to sell is all about bad marketing. So if a house is not selling, the first thing a seller wants to look at is bad marketing. What do we do in marketing-wise? But in fact, the price is what gets people in the house. Your, your market like this already sees the house, prices the house, knows the house. That is your market. What we do is pull people in from other markets. That's just additional, that's just additional buyer pools. So, so, you know, that is effective. But if we overprice a house, it doesn't matter how good my marketing is, it's not going to sell. If a seller, we had a seller, I said it was worth 1.3. They said it was worth 1.5. And they got some advice from a higher source that it was 1.5. Uh, I couldn't, um, couldn't argue with them but I just don't think he's that good at pricing. And, um, and sure enough, the household of 1275, less than I had said it would sell for because they put it on for 1.5. So the only mistake you can make is overpriced. Pricing is about what a seller needs. So a lot of builders may look at it and say, well, I got this into the lot, this into the sticks and bricks. Here's my thing. I need, I need, as soon as I hear the word I need, this is a problem. I need this amount of dollars. A buyer has never said, what does the seller need? What, what, what does the builder need? What does he need to get out of this, right? So that's not the way people buy houses. They compare 10 houses. They find one that fits their needs, fits their needs, has the right price, location, functionality, size. You know, all the things are correct. And that's the home they buy, right? So it's not about what a seller needs or a builder needs. It's about what a buyer is willing to pay after comparing 10 like-kind houses, okay? Another myth is I'm going to put in a new bathroom or a new kitchen. I ask people to call me long before they go on the market about improvements in a house. Will this improve my house? Will this not improve my house? Um, capital improvements like kitchens and bathrooms, if you put in 100, you're only going to get back 50. If that, maybe 30. So, so I advise if you're going to sell within the next two years, don't make those capital improvements, right? If you're going to be there for 10 or 15 years, eh, make them because you're getting the benefit of them. You'll love them. You'll have a good time. So, you know, we do things for ourselves. Life is short. We're only here for a little time. I mean, we're not here for a long time. Do what you want. Have a good time. You know, make sure you're living correctly. Um, but don't, don't do that if you're going to get ready to sell the house. Cosmetic improvements return $7 for every dollar invested. So those are kind of the ones that we're going to focus on. 
The other ones, if I can't get the price I want, I'll wait for spring. That's a huge myth, huge myth. So right now, there's no inventory really to speak of in most of the markets we're operating at. Because a lot of sellers aren't putting their house on the market because really it's just down to the people that have to. It's death, divorce, and downsizing, right? So, you know, the people that have to sell are selling. And I think the people that want to sell should sell because there's no inventory out there right now. Yes, it's a little spooky with interest rates the way they are, but they're still in the fives. A jumbo loan, five-year arm is in the fives. You can just refinance it when the market comes down. So wait till the spring, in my opinion, is a bad idea. One, interest rates are going up daily. There could be worse news coming. I think gas prices are going to go up now the election's over. I think the inflation's going to go up. I think interest rates could be even higher. I don't care what people are projecting. I think, you know, I think that um, that they've suppressed, and, and I'll tell you why, I think they're borrowing uh, borrowing gas from the strategic oil reserve, and that's going to stop. I mean, that's just, that's just to temporarily bring gas prices down, maybe for the election, maybe not. But, um, you know, until we start producing, then we got a problem. So I see interest rates higher in the spring. I see prices lower in the spring, and I see much more inventory in the spring. I show people... And I showed you guys a couple of weeks back that in 2016, after we had a hot 2015, in 2016, there were 42 houses on the market in Vienna over 1.35 million, 42. One was under contract, ours on Park Street. So I kind of did that back then just to show everybody, hey, you know, there was only one under contract and I had it. But now I'm looking at it going, this is how bad it could be. 42 homes on the market with one under contract. So I think if people are looking to sell, they should do it right now. They should do it right now. If possible, they should do it right now. Do not wait until the spring. The other, the other one is realtors are my friend, right? So um, realtors are not your friend. Realtors are hired guns. You hire them. We're employees. We do our job interview when we come to see you. You hire one. You fire them if you have to. Um, this is a business relationship. It's not here to be friends. You know, I'll tell you why. Because some people are really getting uh, bad advice and are really getting harmed. And they don't want to fire them because they're a friend. I'm going to keep a friend. I told my best friend I wouldn't sell his house. I mean, he pushed me into it. But I told my best friend I would not sell your house. Forget it. My friendship is far too valuable to be messing around. I have to give you advice. And if you don't take it nothing and it doesn't work, we got a problem. So eventually it all worked out. But, you know, realtors are not your friends or family. Realtors are here for a job. They're not handholders. You know, we're not handholders. We're here to make sure that we get as much money as humanly possible for that house in, in a reasonable amount of time. And we charge you the least amount of money possible. We have a common enemy. All sellers and realtors should have a common enemy. The common enemy is anybody that wants to take that seller's money, whether it's through higher commissions, whether it's through home inspection demands, whether it's through lower prices, whether it's uh, a home uh, a uh, settlement title company charging you twelve hundred dollars instead of seven hundred dollars. Um, there's a there's interior designers that come in and say you should do this, that you should have a bathroom, you should have shiplap. That's the enemy. Those are all the enemy, right? So the common enemy 
is anyone that's trying to take our money. Okay. All right. So let's go to some very important topics. And I will tell you that I'm working with builders that um, have this procedure been done correctly. It would have meant millions and millions of dollars to them, but having homes sit on the market for years or two or three um, cost people a lot of money. So let's, let's take a look at this. So the elements of new homes. So unlike resales, new homes don't have any assessments to deal with. So you're basically dealing with price per square foot, right? So you have price per square foot of a home. Now, if you have an 8,000 8, square foot house, you're trying to find like-kind properties. If there aren't a lot, then you need to find smaller properties and bigger properties, but their price per square foot needs to be adjusted to that 8,000 square foot so we can get accurate apples to apples. So the price per square foot is extremely important. Um, you know, I'll tell you, the, the, the problem is there's not enough houses selling. Again, the one agent had $170 million worth of real estate last year, is what he listed, and sold 35. So you've got $140, $140 million worth of real estate that's unsold. Not comparable. You, you can't comp it because that's just uh, sitting there. So a little tougher on some of the very larger homes where there's not a lot, and then you have to adjust that price per square foot up or down. You also need to look at a lot premium. So let's say you have a lot in Vienna and it's a good lot and it's a million dollar lot, right? Well, a million dollars should represent 40% of the final price of that house. So, you know, just off the top of my head, um, $800,000 lot produces a $2 million property. So let's say somebody tries to put a $3 million property on that, right? Well, the price per square foot may say 3 million, but that lot, you bought that at a discount. You didn't pay 1.2 million for it. You paid 800,000. So that tells me it's an inferior lot by about $400,000. So you need to take your $3 million. You need to adjust it for the lot premium or discount. And that's where, you know, you start looking at that price. Upgrades in style. So not everybody uh, wants, you know, hugely elaborate. Maybe that, maybe that is, or maybe that isn't appealing. What is the functionality of the house? How is it set up? What are the upgrades that they put in that house? Some things people want, some things people don't want. I'm not the judge of that. I'm just saying some things people are willing to pay for. Some people are not. If you're in a five or six million dollar house, you better have a wine cellar. You better have the best, best movie room in history and you better have a lot of entertainment stuff out back. So, so there's, you know, the upgrades and the style. The, and I will tell you, the more modern, the more money because the more modern attracts the West Coast buyers, they have more money. They just have. It's just the way it works. I mean, they come from the West Coast and they look at our house prices and laugh at us. So they're used to paying that five, 10, 15, 20 million dollars. So so when a builder is is building, the style of the house is important. And and um and because some some styles are worth more than others. Market conditions. If there's 47 houses on the market, I'm sorry, let me be accurate. There's 37 houses on the market in this one price range that are that are not under contract. There's four under contract. There's 37 available homes. So you have to take that in mind of where are they priced at? How do we compete? How do we beat them? If if only four going under contract a month, you know, you've got an eight, nine, 10 month supply of houses on the market. How do I make sure that my house is competitive? 
the lot cost. I would take, so lot costs are different, right? So in Vienna, builders historically will pay 40%, 39, 41% for their lot. In McLean or Great Falls, it's 25%. So you would take 25% and say, if I buy a lot for $2 million, right? $2 million is the lot cost. What size house would that support? $8 million. Not 20 million, 8 million. So we need to build a house where you have your lot cost, sticks and bricks, you know, all your soft costs, um, carry costs, and, and build a profit and do it all for $8 million. So, so again, I think the mistake sometimes I've seen is somebody who spent 800000 on a lot and try and do a $10 million house or $12 million house. Well, that's, that's not a lot that supports that. You can't spend $1.2 million on a lot and then try and get uh, a price that, that, that would warrant a $2 million lot or a $3 million lot. So anyways, so when you're looking at new homes, we go through the process. What's the price per square foot of the comps? What's the lot premium up or down? What are the upgrades and style of the house? What are the market conditions at the time? In other words, what are the competitors? And then what was the lot cost in percentage of the house that you have? Are we in proportion? So when you look at all those numbers, and I, I got to tell you, I'm, I look at houses that, that I would comp at like seven and a half million and they're listed for 18 to 25 million. Now, they sit for three years but I'm literally looking at homes that are $7.5 million homes. Spent all week looking at them. $7.5 million homes that are listed between, you know, 18 million, 25 million. So these are the rules and these rules work. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I know, because in my model, I'll have the comps that sold. And what my computer program does is I have it set to predict what do I think a 8,000 square foot house in McLean with that lot, da, 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 what, what am I predicting that home is worth? And when I look at what I say they're worth and what they sold for, it's really close. And I don't mean like I'm off by five or 6%. I mean, I, I'm off like 2%, 1%. So, you know, it is extremely accurate. And then I'm looking at the homes that are active, or that are on the market and predicting their their prices, and they're they're two million, three million, four million dollars over value, overpriced. So, anyways, as far as new homes concerned, if you're buying a new home or you're a builder selling a new home, these are the things we have to consider when we're working with you. And again, I still thank my buddies at the Marine Corps because whatever you attack, you attack 100%. So let's go to resale. Resale market, you can really look. As a, as a benchmark at where the assessments are. Now, I did this in one of the shows the other day. And what I did was I said, all right, give me everybody between a million and a million five in Vienna. And I everything, active, under contract, sold, withdrawn. So we put those all over and we said, the actives are on the market for 132% of assessment, percent of assessment, 132%. The withdraws, um, didn't sell and were withdrawn from the market, and their average was 132% of assessment. The homes under contract are at 118. The homes that sold are at 120. So what this tells me is they were selling at 120% of assessment, 
They're now selling at 118% of assessment. And the people trying to get May prices at 130, 135, they're just not selling. So the percent of assessment is a great place to start, okay? But when we take an individual house, now we look at what's the price per square foot of homes of like age and size. And again, that price per square foot that we do, that is adjusted up or down based on are the comps bigger than us or smaller than us? Are they older than us or younger than us? So percentage of assessment is where we start. Then we go to the price per square foot. We start honing these things down. Now we're looking at the upgrades that a house has. Do they have a pool? Do they have this? Do they have that? You know, has the seller really put all the Mac Daddy bells and whistles in this house? Or is this a base house? What's the condition of the house? Are we, do we have current colors, current lighting fixtures, current plumbing fixtures, current hardware, or is it dated? Is it dated? Is it, is it customary or is it updated? So this is a 10% swing between a home that's dated and updated. So let's say we're at the 150, uh, $1.5 million level. There's a $150,000 swing between a home that's dated and updated, right? So if you can take, and again, these are bigger numbers. We rarely spend more than $10,000. We're usually in that three, five, six, $7,000 range. But you put that money in to take it from that dated and go right past customary, right into updated. And now that's where you increase the price of the house. There are more buyers looking for updated houses than looking for dated houses. These are the people that are saying, hey, I want, I'll do the work and I'll put in the elbow grease, but they want to get paid for it. So their pricing goes down. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to move the lever from dated to updated, and that moves it at a full 10% swing in the value of that house. Lot premium, okay? So a lot premium is different than a lot cost. A lot premium means if I'm looking at a house that has a flat backyard and it has a nice big flat backyard, that's a premium lot. If, if it's backing to a street or it's on a street or it's busy busy road or or it's a, a sloping lot or, not, or a small lot. So those are a lot of discounts. So you need to look at a house and say a standard house would have this kind of lot, this kind of fencing, get back to this. So is this lot a premium lot or is this lot discounted lot? And you need to look at that as well. So then you come at the price, right? So we come at our price. Let me go ahead and get, get out of here now. So now we come to our price and now comes the most important part. For builders, their homes should be coming soon as soon as they start to, as soon as they've decided what they're gonna build, how they're gonna build, the plans have been approved, that thing goes coming soon. We can price it right there and you can go coming soon. And it sits. And then the pictures start to go from flat lot to under construction to this and that, and the facades are up, now the interior's in, now the kitchen's in. So every month those pictures are updated. So we've had the buyers follow along as this home has been built. Now it's coming soon. Now the mistake most builders make, or the realtors with builders make, is they put it as active. By the time it's ready to go online, it has 150 days, days on market. Well, people will think it's been sitting on the market for 150 days, and it hasn't, right? It has not. So, so you go coming soon, when you can start showing it, that's when you do your predictive analysis. Are we on the number? Do we have, a, you know, you announce when we're going to show. 
And then you see how many showings you're going to have, how many people are interested in it. And at that point, you can advise the builder, are we at the right number or not? Are we overpriced or not? Do we have people coming? We got people coming. A home sitting on the market, new home or used, for more than two weeks is bad. It's just bad. So we need to get people in there early. And by pricing it right, then doing the coming soon the way the builders should do it, which is about five or six, seven months, then you do the predictive analysis and launch. For a resale, it's a seven-day period. We put it on in seven days. We know clearly within three or four days whether we're on the right number or not. And, and just when we move the price, if we have to move the price down and we're not getting the traffic we want, that doesn't mean that we're dropping the price and that's what we're going to get. That just means that's where the buyer pool is. So we move down to that buyer pool, let the buyers fight it out and away we go. My name is Casey Sampson. I hope this has helped. Today we've talked about myths and realities of real estate. We've talked about how to price new homes, how to price resales. I know nobody listens, but I'm just going to tell you, if they did, we wouldn't have 55% of the houses they couldn't sell in, in markets. We wouldn't have people losing tens of thousands of dollars. We wouldn't have new homes listed at $100,000, you know, $1,000 over list price, over where it should be, or a million dollars, or $5 million over what it should be. We wouldn't have sellers whose homes sat down and had to pull the house off the market and get very frustrated and change all their plans. I just, I just described 50% of the real resale market, and I just decided, I just described at least 80% of the new home market. They're doing it wrong. And I just talked about how we do it right. My name is Casey Sampson. If you want me, you can reach me at 703-508-2535, or my email address is casey at caseysampson.com. We'll see you all next week. Thanks.